This is the Baymo Podcast with Marty Solomon. I'm his co-host, Brent Billings. Today, we set the stage for session two of the podcast. We will review our journey through Torah to bring everyone up to speed for what we will study next. Man, new music. Mm-hmm. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to session two. Oh, we're, we're entering a new phase of biblical <laughs> history, and so we, we thought we should have uh, some different music to set the right Whew. mood. I'm excited. I don't even know if I'm... I don't even know if I can match the intensity of the music with this that lesson. little violence. Well, mm. oh man, so good. All right, um, session two. Welcome to session two. We do have a presentation, by the way. Might be helpful. It's not a whole lot on there. A little short discussion today, more than likely. But uh, we'll see where God takes us. We're just going to set some stuff up. Um, so here's what you need to know. If you have happened to stumble across this podcast. Um, uh, and this is where you're beginning. Uh, it's probably self-evident by calling this session two. It alludes to the fact that there was a session one. Uh, but in fact, there is a session that we really recommend listening to first. Uh, if you were to start here fresh without any experience in session one, you may wonder just what in the world we're talking about half the time. And uh, there's so much stuff, especially if you go back to session one, um, especially the introduction. Uh, there's an introductory lesson that we have, uh, talks about East versus West, uh, man, just such a good starting place for anything that we're doing here with Bima. Um, and and then Genesis one through 11, like there's like eight or nine or so podcasts there that are just really critical. Um, you mentioned it in the capstone lesson of session one, Brent, uh, if we don't start in the right place, if we don't have the bedrock, the foundation, of what we're talking about. Um, we're just missing a really big, important piece. So you want to go back and you want to find Bema podcast session one. It's about Torah. And you are currently listening to the Bema podcast session two, which is about uh, prophets and writings, but you want to find the one on Torah. So it should be pretty easy to find. So Marty, uh, in the, at the end of session one, you promised me that you were going to explain what, uh, what sort of gallivanting you'll be doing during the summer. Yeah. So a big part of what I do, uh, I'm the president of Impact Campus Ministries. I am a self-supported missionary, um, as is every other campus minister that works for an organization. And a lot of people are familiar with other campus ministry organizations, whether it's Crew or InterVarsity, Young Life Navigators. There's a lot of other organizations out there. And uh, most people are aware that all their staff, or at least most of their staff, the people in the field, are self-supported missionaries. That means they have to go raise their funds. And and I'm one of those people. I have to get out there and I have to raise my compensation package, which includes my salary, benefits, any of that kind of thing, health insurance. I have to raise the uh, expenses needed for the ministry that I do to students. Um, I work with college students. Uh, it's a big part of what I do. And so when I buy them coffee and and when I need stuff to put on this podcast, when I need things to do our discussion groups, when I want to provide breakfast for my disciples, these are all things that uh, come out of that ministry budget and I have to go raise that. And for me and my job as president, I have a fifteen to $18,000 travel budget I have to raise every single year that allows me to um, to travel once or twice a month um, to do the work that I need to do around the country. And so part of the reason why I share that here is because if you're listening to this podcast, um, you might be one of those people that uh, maybe the work of our ministry or, or the work that I've been able to do here through the podcast has really impacted you in a big way. And you might be in a place where you uh, can help uh, join our team as a financial partner. And we're always looking we're always looking for people to join our 
to join our teams. Um, we're always looking for financial partners, uh, people that will give monthly, uh, people that will um, uh, give annually, uh, just whatever it is, however it is that works well. We're always looking for people that um, that can help us in that way. So one of the things I would ask is if this podcast has meant something to you and, and if you'd like to give back uh, to consider uh, contacting me, asking me more, uh, or you can find the information you need on our website. You actually have a tab there on baymodiscipleship.com about how to support us and the different ways that you can support us. So, And I'll put a link in the show notes too. So if you're listening in a, in a podcast app, you can just scroll down in your show notes and, and tap the link there if you're interested. There you go. But yeah, always looking for that. Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal when, when the people that uh, I get to meet through our ministry uh, become partners with us in an even uh, deeper way. So that's good. So thanks for letting me drop that little bug in your ear. Yeah, these microphones ain't cheap. That's right. Yeah, people have talked about the quality. We we sound good because of the microphones, not because of anything good That's about right. what we're saying. We wanted to do this right. We didn't want to do this poorly. We wanted to do this right from the get go, and we did. So, uh, and big kudos to Brent who uh, helped me put all this stuff together and the way he helps every single week here too. So, uh, just a fun thing we get to be a part of, and I hope that we always get to keep this free. That's what I hope. I hope that everybody says that. I don't know if things will change. Um, but uh, my hope is that I can always make my living the way that I do now and get to provide teaching. And and uh, I always feel like that stuff should be free. There's actually stuff in the Talmud about teaching, the teaching of Torah, the teaching of God's word should always be free. And uh, so I definitely don't want to make you feel like you have to pay for that. Um, but if you would like to, in your generosity, help, that would just keep this, keep this story awesome. It's kind of like keep Austin weird. <laughs> Keep this story. <laughs> anyway, well, we've got um, uh, where we're headed in session two is we're going to be entering a section of the biblical narrative uh, that we talk about as history. We're going to talk about this section as history, and then we're going to move into prophets. We're going to talk about wisdom literature. Um, but the next stage we're going to move into is history, and it's going to begin with the book of Joshua. So that's going to be next podcast. Uh, next podcast will be Joshua. We're thinking that it's going to be posted on June 1st, if you're listening to these uh, real time. We're thinking June 1st is when Joshua is uh, detail subject to change, but that's our plan. Um, so you can be expecting to see that there. Uh, but before we were to post that podcast, I think it's always good to go back and and summarize where we've been. For some of you might have just listened to the capstone lesson not too long ago for session one. I would just really encourage you to try to internalize this review and this summary because um, one of the things we talk about at impact is we talk about, uh, message mode and milieu. Um, and the first one that we talk about is message. And the idea of message is that we should be able to communicate the whole story of God as a, as a seamless narrative arc. And, and a lot of us don't have that kind of grasp of the scriptures. We don't, we see the scriptures as all these books and different stories, and it's all kind of crammed into my Bible. I want to be able to talk about, like, I, I would love it if my students and people that listen to my podcast and me, hopefully, um, if we could talk to, if we could sit down with somebody at lunch and say, oh, I just believe that God's been telling a story. If they were to say, like, really, what, what would that be? Like, how would you tell me about the story of God? Like, I hope I would have enough grasp of the narrative of the scriptures that I could tell from the beginning to where I sit today. Uh, as as this concise 
seamless narrative. Well, here's what God was doing at the beginning. And, and he chose this partner and then he took this partner and he put them at the crossroads of the earth and, and he asked them to bless all nations. And, and that was a struggle and, and so on and so on and so on. Like, I, I just hope that we could uh, talk about the Bible that way. So this isn't just to, to waste time or um, to just be obnoxious as a teacher. Uh, I believe having this kind of intimate grasp with the story is um, just an unbelievable blessing to the people around us as we try to talk to them and teach them and be a kingdom of priests in our world. So, And if you think about like what the Jews do, they're going through Torah once a year with their Parsha readings. Yep. And they're going through the rest of Tanakh every three years. Right. So like we've, we've got to keep going through this stuff right. over and over because if we, if we set it aside, we'll forget about it. Right. Yeah, especially as Westerners, we have become addicted to entertainment. So if it's not entertaining, if it's not moving, if it's not, um, you know, if it doesn't have a soundtrack, uh, it's hard for us to to see the value in it. And um, this this stuff has value because you're internalizing it. You're getting it in you so that God can do something with it, so that it can come out of you. And that takes discipline, and that takes a continual, uh, a faithful pursuit of of creating this kind of space. So all stuff we've talked about, but here's a, here's a quick summary. Um, we started in the book of Genesis. Um, we said that, uh, we had a, we had a preface Genesis one through 11 was God set up to the story, the big ideas, who is God, who is humanity and what is the world and how are those three interacting with each other? And we learned that creation was good, that God thinks it's good, that God is for creation. He's not against it, that he's, put everything that creation needs in creation. He's not holding out on creation. And then he invites humanity to trust that. He, he wants his creation to trust that everything they need is already there and he's got their back. And we, of course, see a bunch of stories in the preface of, huma- of humanity not trusting the story and that leading to tragedy. And right about the time you're about ready to lose hope, we walk into the intro, which is chapters 12 through 50. And we meet the family of God, people like Av- Avram and people like Yitzhak and Jacob and Yosef and the patriarchs. And we meet a family incredibly dysfunctional, make all kinds of mistakes, but they do trust the story. They don't believe that their mistakes define them. They keep getting back up. They keep leaning back into the story of God. And because they're willing to believe in the inherent goodness of what God's doing in the world, not the inherent brokenness of the world, uh, God's able to partner with them because they understand. And so now the stage is set. I've met some of the characters. I understand some of the big ideas. And now the stage is set for God's narrative. And so we have this narrative, which is a, uh, a tale of two kingdoms. Uh, we talk about empire versus shalom. And uh, Brent, talk to me about empire. Empire is all about uh, power and control and wealth and more. And I don't care about the other people. Like right. it, it doesn't matter what happens to them as long as I get what I want. Right. Self-preservation, right? This agenda of making sure that I... And really it's driven by fear. Like the, the underlying current of empire is, is a narrative of fear that there's not enough to go around scarcity worldview. And if I don't look out for me, something's going to all fall apart. But then there's Shalom. Talk to me about Shalom. Shalom is about uh, everything in its right place. Trusting God that will give you enough when you need it. Right, right. So instead of like the the self-preservation, this ends up being like about self-sacrifice. And because I believe that there is enough and because because I'm not about coercion, I'm about invitation. Because I'm not about fear, I'm about trust. Um, I'm buying into a narrative that frees me to lay down my life on behalf of other people. Like this is, this is what the whole Bible is going to be about. 
The narrative of God is going to be about a tale of two kingdoms that are always in conflict, empire and shalom. And that narrative is going to start in Exodus. And and the narrative of God, the drama of God, really starts with God rescuing his people uh, out of Egypt in the story of the Passover. Um, he leads them through the Red Sea. He takes them to Mount Sinai where there's a big wedding ceremony. There's a marriage. Uh, he basically says, if you'll marry me and if you'll say, I do, I'm going to make you, although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a treasured possession, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. God says, you will be a kingdom of priests for me. And they, they say, we do. They say, we're in, we're a part of this marriage. And then God says, great, let's build a tabernacle, which the tabernacle, if we were to look at it as marriage imagery, the tabernacle is going to be the what, Brent? Oh, the honeymoon suites. Honeymoon suite. Where God gets to know his people. Intimately. That's right. Absolutely. If we like were to watch it from a from a literary perspective and look at Exodus as a piece of literature, we might say that it's what? Uh, Genesis 1 retelling. Yeah, it's a retelling of the creation story. Um, functionally in the narrative, the tabernacle becomes um, kind of the, uh, the follow-up to this uh, statement we just looked at God. God told those people they would be a kingdom of priests. The problem is they don't they don't really know what a priest is. They've been in Egypt for the last four hundred years, so they don't even necessarily understand like what does God mean when He says a kingdom of priests. That 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 in and of itself is a foreign idea. Not a kingdom with priests, but a kingdom of priests. And so God says, "Well, got great news. There's a tabernacle that you just spent all this time building. We're going to put it right in the middle of your camp. Every single day you can watch." literal physical priests do their job. And in watching them do their job, you're going to understand your spiritual job as priests. Um, But not only that, not only just watching them at the tabernacle, you're also going to have the book of Leviticus. And the book of Leviticus is going to be like your manual, your handbook for priesthood. It's going to start out with a section on atonement, because if I don't understand that God and I are good, I'm going to screw up the rest of the story. I'm going to make everything else that I do about, about trying to atone for something that's wrong. Uh, God talks about who the priests are, uh, what they wear and who they can marry and and how they go about doing their ministry. And then he also talks about later uh, what to do when they screw up and they blow it and they they don't follow all the rules correctly. And then in the middle are a bunch of rules about how you're supposed to live, eating kosher and uh, not putting two kinds of seed in your field and not wearing clothing made of two kinds of fibers and and all of these laws because you're supposed to be a priest. So I understand my call to be a priest within the bookends of the actual Levitical priesthood. Then God has a whole section on how to party because we've got to remember that the story is good. So if I don't remember that, if I don't remember, if I don't go back and remember the preface, the good news of the preface, we could even say the gospel, the euangelion of the preface, if I don't remember that, I'm I'm going to forget, and I'm going to turn this whole thing into a story about obedience and earning God's favor. So the party reminds me of the fundamental truths of the story. I celebrate God's goodness. I celebrate His love, His value, His acceptance uh, of us. And then God says, "We also got we got the whole reason we're doing this. The whole reason we're learning about." Uh, priesthood, the whole reason we're on mission together as partners with God is because we're putting the world back together. So we need to know how to take care of the oppressed. We need to know how to how to take people on the bottom and lift them up. And we need to know how to make things right. And that leads to the honeymoon. Like you were just talking about the honeymoon suite. Well, you have a whole book. The book of Numbers is about God shaping his, his people in the desert, learning who they are. They're learning who he is. And they're growing together in this new intimate relationship. They're, they're growing together and they're learning about each other and, and they're getting to know what it's going to be like when they, when they go on mission together. And then 
The last book is the book of Deuteronomy in Torah. And that was a call to remember. We need to remember where we came from. We remember the beginning. We need to remember our roots. Uh, and then when we do that, when we remember our roots, we remember that we were slaves in Egypt. We remember that we were aliens, orphans, and widows. And so that means that we we take care of the alien, the orphan, and the widow. We're looking out for the AOWs. We're we're remembering who we used to be and we're noticing those people all around us. And then when we notice those people all around us, we're reminded of who we used to be. And and the story keeps finding its center and the story of restoration and redemption. Gosh, you know, I look at this now and the, uh, like the people of God didn't really know God when they came out of Egypt. Like it really is just like a, yeah. an ancient wedding where the bride and groom did not know each other before the marriage. Right, right. Like somehow, well, you know, you read this story and you read about Moses' grandparents and their names are Yaakoved and Amram. Amram meaning exalted people, Yaakoved meaning glory to Yah, uh, shorthand for the Lord's name. Um, somehow these stories must have gotten passed on through Father Avraham, who had many sons, and many sons had Father Avraham. Did he have many? And I am one of them. <laughs> I mean, I guess he does now. As a Rob Bell joke, sorry, um, but uh, yeah. So we have this uh, uh, this. Uh, what are we talking about? Until I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, in the marriage. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they have a, they have like this these stories that have been passed on, but they really don't. I mean, we we talk about the word yada in session one. They don't yada God. They really don't know God at all. Uh, this has been generations of them down in Egypt. So you're right. It's this. And I think we kind of forget that. We kind of lose that. Like God's having to take a brand new, you don't talk about a green people. Like they are, they are fresh coming at this story and God's taking them from square one. And we're so critical. We're like stupid Israelites wandering through the desert, always complaining. Like they, like consider where they've been, consider what they know. This is a pretty interesting story. Uh, that next slide is just kind of, that was a more concise summary. We looked at that at the capstone lesson of session one. Really, you could sum up all of Torah and partnership. Uh, Genesis would be where God uh, teaches us about the basis of the partnership, and we meet the characters of the partnership. The book of Exodus would be where God chooses his partner, and the partner chooses God. Like there's an agreement, there's a marriage, there's a, 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 a uniting of these two parties. And then in Leviticus, God defines the partnership. In Numbers, God shapes his partner in the desert. He takes them out to the desert and he, he shapes them and molds them into the people he wants them to be. And then God asks his partner to remember where they've been, remember where they've come, remember the beginning, remember the end. Just remember all of it as we walk forward. And that's where we're going to pick up in session two. We, we pick up where God has found this partner. He has redeemed this partner. He's told the partner what it's going to look like. He's shaped the partner. He's told the partner to remember because we're about ready to walk into the promised land. And now it's time to take this partnership and we're going to walk into the promised land and we're going to see about the things that we learned there. So that's going to lead us into session two. Sounds great. Yep. So we'll pick up in a couple of weeks with Joshua. Absolutely. So in the meantime, um, get connected with us. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Check out our Twitter uh, check out Marty specifically on Twitter at Marty Solomon. I'm on Twitter at EIBCB. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. We won't have our discussion groups. Uh, we hope you guys are still meeting um, some of your other discussion groups. But either way, if you have questions, get in touch. And if we can't address them right away, then we'll we'll get to them in the fall at least. So uh, you can find more details about the show at BaymontDiscipleship.com. 
and thanks for joining us at this start of session two. We'll talk to you again soon. Cue the music. <laughs>